whatever that's worth to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This Wednesday night, there will be service right here at High Point Church. Psalms 119. Invite your attention this morning to Psalms 119th chapter. Everybody say this word with me. Internalize. Internalize. Psalms 119 verses 9 through 11. The psalmist asks this question and then he answers it. You ever do yourself that way? Ask yourself a question and answer? It's not unusual. He said, how can a young man cleanse his way? Fair question, wouldn't you say? He answers it by saying, by taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We are approaching an hour in the culture, in society, in the environment in which we live. Friend, you better have the word hidden in your heart. You better not be relying too much on the warm and fuzzy feeling. You better have your anchor set in the rock, and you better know the word. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again today for this tremendous opportunity and privilege that we have been afforded to come together here and to worship you collectively, to exalt and to magnify your worthy name. I thank you for the spirit and the power of your Holy Spirit I feel here in this place right now. As always, I would ask you that I might become transparent before you and this congregation that the words they hear today will be the words from your throne room and directly from you. I pray that you'll anoint each of us today to respond, to hear, and to receive your word as it goes forth. And I'll give you the praise and the thanks for it all. It is in the name of Jesus that we do ask it this morning. Would you shake hands with someone close by you there very quickly? And look at him and say, I want to internalize the word, and you may be seated. I want to preach for just a little while this morning, if I may, on hiding the word in our heart, subtitled, The Implanted Word. When the psalmist declares, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, he is not speaking in terms of hiding as we in our culture might think of hiding. Amen. You see, when we think of hiding, we are placing something somewhere where no one can find it. I do that unintentionally. Have you ever done that? Had something, I'm going to put this here so the next time I want it, and I need it, I know where to go to find it. And I go there to find it, and I go remember what I'd done with it. A lot of good that done. 
Come on, y'all are guilty. You know, I'm not the only one here in the house does that. Knowing I'm going to put this here, I'm going to file this here, and I'm going to put it here in such a place because I know in a week or two or whatever, I'm going to need to refer to that again. And lo and behold, if I don't forget where I put it. Amen. When the psalmist speaks in terms of in terms of hiding the word in our hearts, he is implying the process of internalizing the word of God. In other words, etching the word, as you have heard it described here before, in the corners of our minds or the inner man, if you will. Amen. The apostle James penned these words in his general epistle. He says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Amen? Then he goes on to say, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We must, we must move from that stage of hearing to the stage of doing. Amen. For if, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Amen? But then James goes on to say, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Everybody say work. Now that implies something on our part. We're going to have to work to internalize the word of God. Amen. Amen. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Now I'm going to take a minute or two to talk about how God's word uh, is a purifier unto holy living. Amen. You see, it's important to note at this juncture, purity of life is not a quest for perfection as much as it is a quest for liberation from those things that may inhibit effectiveness and reduce power-filled living. I'm going to say that again because I think it's important. First of all, purity of life is not a quest for perfection. If you're trying to reach perfection, give it up. I don't say that to be pessimistic or negative, but give it up. We're not going to reach perfection until we have been glorified and we have been changed and we have put on the likeness of Jesus Christ in the resurrection. Amen. So please understand, purity of life is not a quest for perfection as much as it is, is a quest for liberation from those things that may inhibit effectiveness and reduce power-filled living. I'd like to see more power-filled living. Amen? Now these passages I just read shows the Word of God as a means of reflection. You've heard it said here many times, a mirror, if you will into which we are to look and to see ourselves. Not your neighbor. Not the one sitting across the center aisle of the church from you. But when we look into the Word of God, which should reflect us. Amen. Amen. 
We should see ourselves. The call is not only to heed what we see and accept the Bible's corrective instruction, but there is an unwritten lesson here. And the unwritten lesson is this. We should avoid the temptation to see and to judge others in the Word. Someone's probably thinking right now, well, preacher's doing a good job, but he's sure it's, it's for... Analyzing, you know, we, we, we have a tendency to analyze what they ought to do instead of what we ought to do. Amen? Instead of what we need to do. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 also likens God's word to a mirror. However, he describes the image seen as no less than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So when you look into the mirror of God's word, is the reflection of that, of the Christ-likeness, of is, is it like Jesus Christ? Amen? The sum of these two passages is, first of all, the Bible shows us Jesus Christ's likeness, so that the second thing is, we, we may measure our conduct and character against His and allow His Holy Spirit to shape us into Christ's likeness. Remember, Paul said, we are His workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Other promises for cleansing through God's word we find in such passages as Jeremiah 29 and 9. Which speaks of the fire in the word. Remember Jeremiah got disgusted and decided he was going to quit. He's going to quit witnessing. He's going to quit preaching. He, he just folks didn't want to hear him. He went on a whole litany of things that he decided... But he said, his word was in my heart like a fire shut up in my bones, and I could not refrain. Amen? So it, it, it speaks of the fire in the word which can purge as well as ignite. Psalms 119 and 9, which we had in your hearing, which holds special promises to the one who wants a pure life of holy power. In fact, God's word is powerful. When you sit down to read this Word of God, you're not just reading words that have been inked and printed upon the pages. You are reading something that is alive, it's powerful, it's cleansing. It's a delivering agent, which the Apostle describes in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the Word of God is what? It's living. And it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Amen. I hope you're getting the picture of why I feel it's so, so vitally important in this hour in which we live that we internalize the Word of God. Amen. That it become part of us and we become part of it. Amen. The implanted or engrafted word, as some of your translations no doubt read, there's three important aspects I want to address before we leave here this morning. The word implanted or engrafted, as the original King James Bible reads, means to attach to and become part of. Have we allowed the word of God to attach to or become part of us? Fair question, right? Have we allowed the Word of God to attach to us and become part of us? That's what internalization is about. Amen. Or if you will, internalizing the Word of God. You and I, 
and the Word becoming one. Think about that for a moment. Internalization of the Word is you and I and the Word becoming one. Picture a garden out, a gardener out here. I don't know how much you know about grafting, but it's possible to take branches and graft them in. There's a process of doing that. It's very effective. Picture a gardener out here grafting a branch into a tree and that branch coming to life and bearing fruit. As you recall, the Apostle Paul made this analogy to the Roman church when he was kind of admonishing them and scolding them a little bit for their arrogance against Israel, God's people. And he reminded them, don't get haughty and high-minded and arrogant thinking because, you know, they slipped away or one thing or another that, that he said, remember, you talking about the Gentile people, were an olive wild, or an olive branch grafted into the true olive tree. Amen? Go read that sometime. You'll find that in Romans chapter 10 and verse, in chapter 10 and 11. It's very interesting. So now picture yourself reading God's Word and a scripture attaching itself to you, growing in you and becoming a part of you, and producing change in your life. Amen? You see, that's how God's Word really works. And that's why it is so vitally important that we read it daily. Amen. Now, there will be those occasions when you can tell me, as your pastor, something you received from a sermon that I preached, and I won't have any idea what you're talking about. Simply on this basis, because I was emphasizing something, something totally different. I'm just being the mailman, if you will. And I don't always know what's in the envelope. You see, through the preaching, God can and will send the word just for you. He knows where you're at right now. I may not have a clue. And in most instances, I don't know what you're, where you're at, what you're going through, what you're doing, what's going on in your life. And, and I may not have any kind of idea, but through the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God, He can give you a word that is totally unrelated to what I'm talking about. Amen? So listen carefully. Because there may, there's no doubt a word in here somewhere today for you. Perhaps it may be a word that liberates you from fear. Perhaps it may be a word that lifts you in spirit. Perhaps it may be a word that directs you and enables you to fight and win. Amen. He did not give us this born-again experience and filled with His Holy Spirit to end up being losers. Amen. Because you're going to win when it comes to the final analogy of this thing. You're going to win regardless of the outcome of your life if you stay true to Him. Hallelujah. Implanted or engrafted word carrying believers are powerful. Shake your head like this. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Implanted and engrafted word carrying believers are powerful. That's because the implanted word sticks to you. It takes you through the storm. There's times I don't feel like getting all exuberant and oh, there's times I man, there's times I've been beat up so bad I just don't know who I have to get in the word and get something that will keep me. 
Because when the warm, fuzzy feeling's all gone, and you're standing there faced with reality, I want something substantial that I can wrap my hope and place my trust in that I know will be there tomorrow. Amen. It must be there tomorrow. You see, through this word, this implanted word, it sticks to you. It takes you through the storm. We're going to go, as Brother David talked about this morning, we're going to go through tough times. We're going to go through storms. We're going to have ups and downs just like everybody else in the world. But friend, the word of God will take you through the storm. Amen. It will keep you. It will quench your thirst in a drought. And it brings you through the worst of times. I tell you this experientially. I know it's brought me through times I didn't think I would ever make it. It wasn't because I felt like shouting. It wasn't because the worship and singing was doing a whole lot for me. It's because, whoo, I was off somewhere else trying to figure out what I was going to do. Amen. Isn't God good? Imagine what went in to the preservation of this word. Written over hundreds of years by 66 authors. And there's not, there's not one contradiction over the ages of time that God's word has been put together. There's not one contradiction within the covers of God's holy writ. Because holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. When their pen began to flow and write, it was the Holy Spirit guiding them and directing them in the things to say. Let me also add this. It doesn't have to be a sermon in its entirety. Jesus just gave Peter one word. Remember they were out on a ship. Jesus had sent them off. They were gone. Later on that evening in the darkness of night, he decided he would join them out somewhere in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. He goes walking out there to them. He didn't, he didn't uh, rent or take another boat. He didn't uh, get some kind of service to haul him out there. He just decided he wanted to go out and catch up with the disciples. He walks out there. As the disciples are looking out, they see this ghostly figure coming at them in the storm. It was on the Sea of Galilee, which storms were common back in those days on the Sea of Galilee because of the way it's situated between the mountains. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come out there. He said, come. Come. It wasn't an entire message on faith. It wasn't an entire. It, it wasn't. A, it wasn't this big old long dialogue on how Peter should trust him. He said, "Come on, come." And Peter started walking on water. All it took was one word. And it will work something like this. God will give you a word, and the moment you step out on the word God gives you, your mind starts playing games. Have y'all ever had your mind play games on you? Well, mine does all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll start playing games on you. It'll say stuff like, you know, that really doesn't make sense. Are you sure that was a word from God? 
I, that just really doesn't match up with, with, with my, with my, with my thought process here. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll do that to you. Oh, you don't, you can't do that. You don't have the talent. Really? Oh yeah, your mind will do that to you. Oh, you can't do, oh no, that had to be the wrong word because you don't have the finances to carry that out. No, you can't, you can't do that. You're barely a high school graduate. You don't have the education for all of that. Look out now, and I could go on and on, etc., etc., etc. The list goes on of the things the mind tries to tell us when we get a word from the Lord. Folks oftentimes tell me they sit in services and when they feel the drawing and power of the Holy Spirit drawing them to come to the front to pray and to seek after God or to come for prayer for healing or whatever and other, that there's a thousand things go through their mind, through, goes through their mind telling them the reasons why they shouldn't go up front. Now, y'all know what I'm talking about. Now you do. Oh, they'll think I'm backslidden. They'll think I've done something horrible this past week if I go up the front and ask the pastor to pray. There goes your mind. Amen. Say amen. amen. There goes your mind. It'll, it'll just mess with you all the time. Amen. The amazing thing is, as long as you stand on God's word, you won't go under. You hear me today? The word of God says, if you have any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint them praying over them in the name of the Lord. And prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's all you need to know. I don't care what your mind tells you. That, oh, no, I'm not doing so good. I'm going up to get prayer. That's all you need to know. I just use that for I mean, there's a, there's a thousand other things, too, you come forward for, but that's just one I want to use there. As long as you stand on God's word, you won't go under. That one word comes, stuck to Peter's heart and propelled him through the storm. Now, he's not walking out on a flat sea here. He's walking out in the middle of a storm. And the engrafted word will do the same for you and I. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 My mind right now, I wish, it, I wish time would permit. I'd like to go to the 27th Psalm, but I don't have time right now. I've got to move on of what David said. Though an host should encamp against me, in this will I be confident. The second aspect to the engrafted word, the implanted word I want to talk to you about is the engrafted word is self-sustaining. Amen. It'll sustain you when you don't feel like it. You hear me? It doesn't require the accolades of men or the support of others to validate it either. Amen. As Jesus was walking on the water towards his disciples in the boat, Peter said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. Jesus gave him one word, come, come. And Peter began walking. Now, you might be wondering, was he scared? Well, what do you think? I'd have been petrified. However, his desire was greater than his fear. Amen. And often that is all we need to get started. Just a little greater desire than our fear. Amen. You're not strange because you fear sometimes. You're not all out of whack. It's just sometimes we need to have that greater, we need to have that greater desire than the fear. And often that is all we need to get started. A desire from God that's greater than our doubts and our limitations. How many know we all have doubts and limitations? If you don't know that yet, hang on a while. You will. 
I would imagine the other disciples, no doubt, didn't believe Peter could or would do it. They're probably, he ain't going to go. Uh, There ain't no way. Indeed, those who feared for his safety didn't want him to try. And those who were competitive with him didn't want him to succeed. (laughs) Isn't that the way it goes? Yeah. The truth of the matter is this. When you take a look at this account as recorded by Mark chapter 6 and verse 49, you're going to discover something. The other disciples didn't understand who was calling Peter. They thought Jesus was a ghost. Go look it up. Check me up this week. Check up on me. They thought it was a ghost. Now, here's something that is very important to note. When God gives you a word and you're certain of it, and you step out on it, don't expect everybody to validate it. They're not going to come up and you like, oh, good job, good God. Good, oh, yeah. Now, you're going to hear every reason why. You're, whoa, he's up here, big boy. Oh, you will. I've heard it some, from some of the finest. A hundred reasons why. No, no, I don't think you heard from God. You better. Do you realize all the consequences involved? You, do you understand what you're getting into? This preaching business is tough. You don't, oh, he's up near now. They'll eat you up and spit you out tomorrow. You done. If you're certain of the word of God, step out and don't expect everybody to validate it. See, it is very normal for you to want certain people to see what you see and believe what you believe. Oh, that's part of our human nature. I like folks to agree with me. That rarely happens, but... I like folks to agree with me. I like to pat me on the back. So, good job, Pastor. Whoo, boy, I'm, uh, I'm with you. Let's go, let's go. I'm right behind you, Bob. Times I have to look back and make sure it was still there. Here's the thing. If we're not careful, people's opinion will short-circuit our faith and make us doubt what God has said. Do you hear me? Especially in these times in which we live. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, people's opinions will short-circuit our faith and make us doubt what God has said. But the Word of God says, and if I may paraphrase, paraphrase, I'm not going to confirm what I've told you through them. All we need to know is what thus saith the Word of God and the witness of our spirit. Amen? In fact, I don't even need them to agree with what I've spoken concerning you. The Lord might reply. Smile at me. Relax. Be confident in God. We may want, we may want all of the, the, these external support systems, but the truth is you know, we don't need them. If God said it, if His Word says it, if His Word concurs, that's all we need to know. Amen? I'm hurrying. I didn't intend to be this long. The third aspect of this implanted and engrafted word is this. When the Holy Spirit gives you an implanted word or engrafted word, it will make you hunger for more of the same. Amen? It will make you hunger for more of the same. I remember back in my, in my early days of studying for the ministry, 
and then on in college and so forth, I, oh, the Lord revealed something to me in his word. Whew. My poor wife, she went through it. She went through it. I'd wake her up all hours of the night. You've got to hear what I just, oh, what I, oh my goodness. You, you, you just can't believe what I. Or she would lovingly and patiently listen to all my diatribe, my going on about all that business. And, whew, can I go back to sleep now? But it makes you hunger for more. That's the point I'm trying to make. However, you must be careful. Don't go, as we call it, cherry-picking the Bible for feel-good scriptures. We have too many preachers and ministries doing that over the pulpit today. Amen? I think Brother Dave covered that real well this morning, don't you? You is in adult Bible class? Don't go cherry-picking the scriptures as, a soul, as so many so-called preachers and churches are doing today. You see, to grow in faith, and remember this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's in the book. We must discipline ourselves to spend time each day in God's Word. Will you say amen to that? You see, we don't discover an engrafted Word all by ourselves. Nor do we decide that one particular scripture is for us and another is not. The last time I looked, it was for me from cover to cover. Amen. In fact, Paul admonished Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He didn't tell Timothy, take parts of it out and leave parts of it in. He didn't tell Timothy, there's some good, there's some bad, there's some indifferent. He said, look at the Word of God and study to show yourself approved. Amen. Let me remind you of the pen word of the Lord from the Apostle Paul and his instructions to Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture. All. Hey, say it with me. All. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Just so we can say there's a compiled book? No. Just so we can say that uh, all of the scrolls or whatever have been com compiled into one, into one writing? No. But it's profitable for doctrine. That's what the Word of God is for. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That man of God there is a gender neutral term, by the way. That means for all believers. That they may be thoroughly, complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, to make a profit in business, you must know your business thoroughly. How many would agree with that? Amen? Otherwise, you'll soon be out of business. We got some folks like that today in our country. Maybe they didn't know their business so thoroughly. Anyway, the way to succeed in your Christian life is to make it your business to know your Bible. I cannot emphasize that too strongly. And that's what the, that's what the psalmist was declaring in the 119th Psalm, your word I have hidden in my heart. I've got it etched in there, David was saying. I've got, it, I've got it in my heart. I know what it is that I might not sin against you. 
So every time that the temptation and the things arise, I have a word in there that will quench and will stop that moment of temptation. Now listen, here's what's important. Don't just seek a word from God. Study the entire word of God. There's a lot of folks that go through here. You ever meet those kind of folks? They'll go, yep. They make me nervous. That's not what the Word of God is for. They go back here to the little page. The whole book. The whole book. My father told me years and years and, well, a little while back. When I started studying for the ministry, him being a minister and pastor as well, he said, there's one thing you absolutely must do. He said, while we live in the New Testament age, and we live under the dispensation of grace. If you don't know the whole Bible in its entirety, you are wasting your time. Amen. If you don't know the Bible, you are wasting your time. Let me, so let, let me ask you this. Do you want your life to count? Do you want to make a difference? If your answer is yes, then saturate yourself in the Scriptures. Because I'm telling you, just hearing it from my mouth, and these other teachers and preachers we have around here a couple times a week is not enough. It's like the analogy of the sperm and the egg. Neither the male sperm nor the female egg is capable of reproduction. Only when the sperm impacts and is embraced by the egg is their conception and reproduction. Now, I said all of that to say this. And it's the same with our spiritual growth. When the Word of God and the receptive heart get together, there's some amazing stuff goes on. I said when the receptive heart and the Word of God get together, there's something amazing going on it's going to happen and my friends that's a combination that works every time amen again when the word of god and a receptive heart get together something's going to happen and my friends that that combination it'll work every time i close with this there's nothing to substitute for prolonged personal exposure to the Scriptures. Please take that home with you. There's nothing to substitute for the prolonged personal exposure to the Scriptures. It's vital. And we are so blessed in this country, in this nation that we live. You know how many of these I've got on my shelves at home and in my office back here? I can fill several boxes. Not just because I want to go out and buy every new translation that happened to hit. I wear them out. About one a year. 
I wear them out. So, whoo, you must be hard on them. I have to look at it a lot. There's nothing to substitute for prolonged personal exposure to the scriptures. It's vital. And without it, we won't be able to hear what God is saying to us. Listen to me. Now, while hearing the teaching and preaching of the word of God is vital. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. That's vital. I don't want you to go home thinking, whoo, preacher said we can stay home. Pastor said it's all right as long as we read the Bible and we internalize the Bible. We don't have to go listen to those boring guys anymore. I never said that. I never even remotely implied that. Amen? Besides that, Brother David's not boring. I am perhaps, but he's not. So, please understand, while hearing and teaching and preaching of God's word is vital, that in and of itself will not produce the spiritual growth that is needed. For several reasons. One of which, we're not together hearing the word that often. At best, twice a week. And about all our retention span can handle is about 35 or 40 minutes at the very most. And I've lost you. In fact, some of you right now are thinking about, oh boy, it's dinner time and we've got to be back here at 5 o'clock tonight. And Come on, preacher, let's wrap this thing up so we can get going. We've got to have lunch yet. We've got things to cook and do. Boy, I hit that right on the head. <laughs> Woo! I feel, my goodness, I feel some kind of divine revelation just took place. <clears throat> Would you stand? If that's what you're looking to, you're always going to have to depend on somebody else. I won't be your conscience. I'm not going to be your policeman. Nor will I tolerate that. Amen. Imagine dealing with your spouse on that basis. Well, so-and-so said this, and and so-and-so said that. That won't last very long. The same concept is true with God. There's no substitute for firsthand, daily, consistent exposure to His Word. Now, for they worship for a few moments, let me take that one step farther. Not only, not only are you interacting with God Himself when you read this Word, you're also interacting with Him through prayer. I'd also admonish you to combine prayer and the study of God's Word. It will astonish you what the Lord will show you in His Word. What He will confirm. What He will speak to your heart. Today I hope I have challenged you in this hour in which we live that we must have the engrafted Word. We must have the Word hiding, etched in our heart that we might not sin against Him. I feel an awesome presence and power of His Holy Spirit in this place today. Again, I say, I don't know where you're at right now in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But it can change before you leave this building. 
I don't care if we're here till dinner time this evening. It can change before you leave this building. Don't leave here today without knowing that Jesus Christ loves you. He gave his life for you. He will make a difference like no difference you have ever known. He will bring a transformation in your life like no transformation you have ever witnessed in your lifetime. This Word of God is living. It's powerful. We hear a lot talking about love and, 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 and herein is love. The apostle said, not that we love God, but that he loved us Amen. and gave himself a ransom for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What greater measure of demonstration of love and concern and compassion for you and I could there be? So today, Please, allow the Spirit to speak into your heart right now to draw you closer to Him. Let's worship right now. Would you do that? I know how to care for what belongs to me. Fear not, my child, I'm with you always. I feel every pain and every tear I see.